and welcome to the Seeker Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, question what we've been taught, in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy, the second with Service of Change, where you can read my book for free, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, just by going to serviceofchange.com and clicking on that big red button that says get my free ebook it's for you it's free I want that information to get out there I want your feedback I want your opinions and I want this information to kind of start to spread and percolate and get out there so please check out my free ebook let me know what you think even tell me if you hate it it'll give me good criticism for the next book that I'm working on right now which is I am human food for the archons tonight's show I'm talking about intuition I talk about it regularly in all of my shows it is one of my guiding principles in my life uh, you know I've learned to focus on it and use it is there more to it is it just a culmination of uh, human and life experiences or is there a sixth sense that we're tapping into I'm going to explore uh, a few articles that I've come across some research on it as well both for and against it uh, and let me just decide let me tell you when when you're you're really excited about a theory or, or a line of thought and then you go ahead and read the research that's against it man it's deflating uh, whether you agree with it or not, it's it's deflating, um, but it's good. That's good research. You have to read both sides, and uh, you know, in order to, to draw your own conclusions and find truth, because that's our ultimate goal. So even if everything I'm saying ends up being not true, uh, that's what I'm after is the truth, and that's what I'm trying to spread with all of you. So I'll, I'll try to be uh, always try to be transparent in, in what I'm finding. If I know, I know. If I don't know, I'm gonna let you know. I'd first like to direct you to my uh, my Facebook feed. Uh, author Dennis Nappy the second on Facebook. Just go to Service of Change, and you can find the uh, the link directly to my Facebook feed there. I have really stepped up my game with uh, things that I'm sharing on Facebook. Just exciting content, things that I you know I find in passing, things that I think are interesting and worth uh, our attention, our debate, our discussion, things I want to know more about, or things that I'm excited to share about. Uh, so please check it out, like the page, engage with me on there, uh, engage with other followers. Uh, because that also ultimately helps me out. There's my selfish uh, reason behind it, but it's not just that. I, I really want to explore a lot of these things that I'm that I'm talking about, that I'm sharing. So please check it out. Like I said, the the uh, the ante has been up for me. Uh, I will be. I am planning some kind of contest where I'll be giving away a free autographed copy of I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are through the Facebook feed. So stay tuned. Check that out. Uh, you know, I'd really appreciate it. But let me uh, let me stop plugging myself for now uh, and jump into the bulk of this show. I want to talk about intuition. What is it? Some people just call it your gut feeling, that inner guidance, that inner voice that tells you, uh, you know, what's right, what's wrong, where to go, what to do. 
you know, and kind of how to navigate life. Some people are really good at listening to their intuition. Some people have no clue what it's trying to tell them. Some people just choose to ignore it. And, and like most of us, it's a combination of all that stuff. You know, I've been through uh, many different phases where I've, I've trusted it, I haven't trusted it. Um, you know, and now I'm at a point in my life where I know that I, when I do follow my intuition, whatever it may be, uh, it, it usually ends up leading me somewhere that I need to be or, or, or want to be, and it's been very helpful for me. Uh, you know, if you've listened to previous shows, again, you know, on the SoundCloud, the YouTube, uh, the iTunes, wherever, um, I, I talk about my my inner guidance, my my in- intuition. But what is it? Is it me? Is it something else is it someone else where is this information coming from is are we tapped into a collective consciousness or a collective unconsciousness are we just living out some form of predestiny or or predefined order that we sometimes get a glimpse of and that's what intuition is Uh, i i honestly don't know there's times where uh, i've had experiences where the best way i can describe it is i'll get just uh, it, it, I feel it come into my head, come into my heart, uh, and it feels like that scene from The Matrix where you know Trinity's eyes roll back and now she knows how to fly a helicopter. I've never had something of that level of intensity. I'm just trying to give you a, a visual of it. Just something will come into my head to start researching, to start looking into, and whatever that thought is, it's something that I have at least consciously never considered before and all of a sudden oh let me go in this direction and I end up finding you know so many things so many dots get get connected so many puzzle pieces get put together Um, sometimes that intuition has been something as simple as watch out for this person here or stop your car right now at this intersection because there's gonna be a car accident Uh, you know simple things like that uh, you know in, in my everyday life that I have learned to uh, just to listen to and, and to guide me. I, I'm not 100% sure as to what it is. I have my own theories. Um, but I want to start this off. I found an article uh, by the Huffington Post, and the article is titled, 10 Things Highly Intuitive People Do Differently. So I'm going to read a couple excerpts from it. But uh, one of the things they say is, there's a growing body of anecdotal evidence combined with solid research efforts that suggest intuition is a critical aspect of how we humans interact with our environment and how ultimately we make our own deci- uh, many of our own decisions. Ivy Eastbrook, a program manager at the Office of Naval Research, told the New York Times in 2012. Now, I have a link through the Huffington Post to this uh, New York Times article, which I'm going to read part of in a minute. But let's talk about these 10 things that people in touch with their intuition do differently. And let me know if this describes you, if you're a highly intuitive person. I found this resonates with me. This is a lot of stuff that I do. I'm not going to read the descriptions. I'll let you refer back to the article at Huffington Post. I'll have it linked in the show notes at servicechange.com. But the, uh, the first thing they said that they do is they listen to their inner voice. And, and again, that's something that I think is so important. And sometimes we have trouble doing that. Sometimes we don't recognize our inner voice or that inner voice is drowned out by the multitude of other voices that we have in our head. Sometimes that voice is the voice of authority. Sometimes that voice is the voice of our, our, our religion or our moral character. Uh, sometimes that voice is the voice of laziness. Uh, there's so many different voices I think that are running in our head. I don't mean actual voices in the in the schizophrenic type, uh, schizophrenic uh, mindset. I don't mean that as a as a downplay uh, on people suffering from schizophrenia. But 
that inner voice, it's very difficult to to find it sometimes. And then like me, when I become overwhelmed, I, I lose it. I know that I know my inner voice very well, but when I get incredibly stressed and I think too much, my those other voices in my head drown it out. But number one thing they do is they listen to that inner voice. You have to find it, you have to know what it sounds like, and you have to listen to it. And I find that's usually the first thought that you have, that first feeling, not thought, the first feeling that you have. That's your, uh, you know, a good uh, step towards trying to find that inner voice. What's that first feeling you had? That's kind of uh, what it's telling you. Uh, the next thing that highly intuitive people do is they take time for solitude. And, I, you know, my wife will tell you, I absolutely love my alone time. She says, hey, I'm going away for the weekend with the kids. Great. I know people that hate to be alone. I Fantastic. I love that alone time. And sometimes I'll just be alone and I'll just sit. Just like this. And I'll just stare off into space. Because my mind is constantly running with all the stuff that I've got going on, with all the thoughts that I have. And when I can just be alone, I can quiet my mind. I can stop those thoughts from racing. And that helps me get in touch with my intuition, with that inner guidance. Okay, it says they create. Uh, you know, absolutely, highly intuitive people. Because again, I think that creative voice, that creative power is is on the same frequency as your intuition. Your intuition, it's, it's a form of expressing what your intuition is telling you. Me as a writer, you know, I can vouch for that. You know, my intuition drives my writing. And I'll, I'll see that as, you know, there's certain times where I say, all right, I want to write this chapter, but I can't write it yet. I'm not ready. I don't know why I'm not ready. And then it may be six, seven months before I get back to that chapter that I put on hold. And it turns out, well, you know, in that time span, I came across X, Y, Z sources, and that completely connected the dots and gave me the information I needed to finish that chapter. And it took it in a completely different direction than where I was originally going with it. So, is that intuition saying you're not ready yet? I, I think that it is. The other thing they do, uh, highly intuitive people do, is they practice practice mindfulness. Be aware. Be in the moment. Uh, you know, look inside yourself. Um, you know. And just try to pay attention to your own thoughts and what's what exactly it is that you're doing. There's so many things that we think, feel, and do that we don't pay attention to. And I found uh, a lot of benefit and healing by paying attention to not just my thoughts but my feelings. What am I feeling? And then I ask myself, why am I feeling this? When did I start feeling this? What triggered this feeling? And from someone who has dealt with anger and anxiety... Being able to practice that mindfulness has been phenomenal, especially in interacting with my young children because because I have that level of uh, understanding of my own emotions and where they come from now. I can catch a negative thought or an angry thought before it spirals out of control, which I haven't always been able to do. Next, it says they observe everything because everything is data. Everything is information. Everything might be useful. We also have to learn to filter out what's not useful, but I observe everything and, and evaluate it because I say, well, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's something more out there. I'm going through this kind of quick. They listen to their bodies. Okay, you, 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 We have different sensations. Sometimes when I'm getting an intuitive drive, I noticed it's a pressure in my chest. Sometimes it's been downright painful when my intuition is trying to tell me something. Sometimes it's in my gut. Sometimes it's in my head. Uh, I can't ex fully explain it. It's just this pressure, this wave, this dizziness. 
just changes in, in sensation. Sometimes, you know, if I'm doing Reiki, it's it's a tingling sensation in my hands. It, they tell me different things. And what I've what I've learned is that we do we think that we do all of our thinking in our brain, but we actually process information in different areas of our body that core that correspond with the chakra systems that we have in our body. There are certain things that are emotionally driven that I'm feeling right here through my heart. Logic comes through my brain. A lot more of our uh, primal instinctual survival skills come down from the lower chakras down in your gut area. And I feel them in all these different spots depending on what type of uh, action or emotion that I'm, that I'm trying to experience or that I'm trying to go through. Uh, they connect deeply with others. Uh, and I find that to be true, too, in, in getting to know people, getting to understand what makes them tick. It's more, for me, how do they feel? Not what are their feelings, but how do they feel? What's their energy feel like to be around them? Uh, and they, they pay attention to their dreams. And I think that's very important. I write down my dreams. I've done a show on dreams. Um, you know, I'm always evaluating them. I'm always trying to understand what they mean. And I listen to them. If they tell me something or, or it drives me in one direction, I will explore what I'm finding out in my dreams. Uh, and they enjoy plenty of downtime. Again, my wife will uh, will agree to that. Uh, you know, Before I had children, I just used to take naps all the time. I used to love to, to come home from work and take a nap for two, three, something. And say, yeah, forget it. I'm going to go sleep the rest of the night. I can't do that anymore. But I still try to make, make sure I make time uh, for downtime. Like today, I worked all day today. Um, you know, I was working late and, uh, I knew I had to do this show tonight cause I got to get everything edited and, and up within the next couple of days. But I sat down for 45 minutes and watched two episodes of the office while I ate some dinner because I needed that downtime. I needed to, uh, to unplug and kind of unwind for a little bit and do some, some stuff where I, I really wasn't thinking, just kind of unwinding. So uh, I make sure I get, you know, take care of that. And, uh, lastly, it says they mindfully let go of negative emotions. And that's something that's took uh, a long time for me to learn, uh, and, and I'm no expert at it yet, but it's something I do try to do every day. I try to identify what negative feelings I'm having, and I have my own techniques and methods of flushing them out. And even in the moment, I've been working on that as well. So uh, I spent more time on this portion than I wanted to, but uh, again, look for the article at Service to Change. It's uh, through the Huffington Post, 10 Things Highly Intuitive People Do Differently. Uh, and they referenced an article in the New York, was it the New York Times, the New York Post, uh, let's see, by Channing Joseph, Channing Joseph in the New York Times. It's called U.S. Navy Program to Study How Troops Use Intuition. This is dated March 27, 2012. Uh, for you truth seekers out there, see if you can find an updated, um, you know, a follow-up to this study. If this was done back in 2012, here we are, 2016. But I just highlighted this to show that. Um, you know, I'll read two paragraphs from it. Research in human pattern recognition and decision-making suggests that there is a sixth sense through which humans can detect and act on unique patterns without consciously and intentionally analyzing them, the Office of Naval Research said in an announcement last month. Again, this is 2012. The scientists managing the program, which the Naval Research Office is calling revolutionary, in quotes, commonly refer to this mysterious perception as feeling of one's spidey sense, tingling after the intuitive power of Spider-Man. Uh, next paragraph, evidence is accumulating that this capability, known as intuition or intuitive decision-making, enables the rapid detection of patterns in ambiguous, uncertain, and time-restricted information context, the office said, citing numerous peer-reviewed studies in cognitive psychological and uh, psychology and neuroscience. Um, and, and it goes on again. This article will be linked at servicechange.com in the show notes for this intuition show. Um, 
I, I'm not going to read any more of that article, but please uh, check it out. You know, um, if the military is researching it, I would I would assume that there's some kind of credibility behind it. And the military has a long history that this article doesn't reference uh, in dealing with um, matters of, of psychic matters. You know, the, the uh, psychic spying program sounds like the talk of conspiracy theories because it sounds so wild and crazy. But look it up and, and you'll find that, yes, they did, in fact, have a psychic spying program. I think it was uh, officially disbanded. Uh, and again, I say that tongue in cheek. Uh, back in the 70s, I'm, I'm sure it's still, I know there's still uh, remote viewing organizations out there in the private sector. Check out the Farsight Institute if you want to know about remote viewing. Um, you know, Timothy Brown has uh, written some amazing books and he's done some fascinating uh, research and studies, uh, you know, with remote viewing where they can, you know, verify the targets that they're trying to observe. So there's a lot of good data on that. This stuff is real. Um, you know, it, it, there's no doubt about it that this stuff is real. We have the ability through our intuition or through that sixth sense to access something greater than ourselves, uh, you know, to access information. I don't say greater than ourselves because this is a part of ourselves. It's a part that we've forgotten how to use, that we've forgotten how to connect to, in my opinion. Um, but it sounds like we are wired for, uh, you know, that level of communication and understanding. And, and I say this with confidence because I've had these experiences in my life. Now I don't know what the exact mechanism is. Now I've talked a lot lately about the electromagnetic field. I'll get into that in a minute. But uh, you know, I think that has something to do with this. Um, you know, this transfer of information, this ability to tap into information. I think we've drowned it out. I think our own self-speak has is is our first firewall against connecting to this as well. That's not real. That's crazy. I can't possibly know this. That's insane. I don't want to be labeled as a weirdo. Those are all the thoughts that people have when they start to have those kind of psychic thoughts and, and intuitions. They immediately dismiss it. Oh, that was just a coincidence. That was just random. What if it wasn't? And we just dismiss it as such. And I've started to live my life that way, assuming what if it wasn't? And what I found is that it repeats. I, I'm having these experiences more and more and more the more I uh, open up to them. So uh, I recommend, you know, looking into it. Now, you know, I, I've been talking about, a couple weeks ago I did a show called Social Coherence where it talked about the ability of basically the the electromagnetic field generated from the heart puts out emotional data. That emotional data can influence other people around you and really around the world. Um, and, and I'm really excited about that because that study verifies what my intuition has been telling me for a very, very long time, that there is a connection out there, that it is measurable. I, I spend the whole first section of Food for the Archons, which I'm working on, exploring this field. And what I can say with confidence is that there is something to, there is a, the equivalent of a wireless internet connection between us and everything in the universe, and the universe itself. Now, uh, I remember when I first started writing Food for the Archons, I was feeling very down, very pessimistic, very hopeless is the word. There's nothing we can do. We're basically slaves on this planet being bred for food, is, is, was my mindset. I listened to one of Greg Braden's talks, and it completely changed everything because he started referencing this stuff. And I was saying, this is a tool we can use to protect ourselves, to better ourselves, to improve our condition. And I believe that. Now, I want to give a caveat here. As I was doing research for this show, 
I was looking for a particular, um, some particular research behind something Greg Braden has said. I found, I found his reference to it in his book. Um, I, I'm still looking for a little bit more data on it, but I also found some heavy criticism of Greg Braden's research that I need to look into a little bit further. It took the wind out of my sail a little bit, I'm not going to lie, but again, in the spirit of transparency as a truth seeker, I, I want to share what I found, and I'm not discrediting Greg Braden at all, I'm a huge fan of the man. Um, you know, in a lot of senses, I, I, I'm a novice, I'm an amateur, I'm trying to understand this subject, so I am reading not just both sides, as many sides and opinions as I can find on this. Um, but basically, what Greg Braden said in his book, Fractal Time, uh, and there's a, a portion called Linking Hearts Through Global Coherence, it's on page 193. Uh, I don't know if I want to read the whole thing, but he says, um, basically he was looking at satellite data that measured, uh, I want to say, the electromagnetic field. Uh, let's see. September 2001, two geostationary operational environmental satellites, or GOESs, orbiting the Earth detected a rise in global magnetism uh, that forever changed the way scientists view our world and us. So he was basically saying that on September 11th, satellites orbiting the Earth detected a spike, is what, it's, what they called it, um, in electromagnetism and they were curious as to is this a correlation that this electromagnetic field of emotion that's generated from humans is measurable let that sink in for a minute you know 9-11 that was an emotional day around the world it's an attack like no other in modern history that we have seen so if there's a way to measure that if by accident it sounds like these satellites happen to pick that up well, that's fascinating, and I've, I've referenced this study from the talk that Greg Braden gave in the past. I'm now actually reading it uh, in his book where he talks about um, you know, how it was uh, measured, how it was detected, and, and the significance of it. Again, it's page 193. It starts at in his book, Fractal Time. I recommend that you, that you check it out. Um, you know, and it ties into heart math stuff that I was talking about, which Greg Braden is constantly advocating for. Um, you know, with that electromagnetic field, how we're all connected, how we're constantly transmitting and receiving data. So, all right, that's a mouthful there. I came across a thread. It's uh, skepticforum.com. And I, I hate debunking sites. I, I, I really do. But sometimes they're good to take a look at. But I just find they can be so negative sometimes. But, you know, this, this was the first site where they were just kind of critical calling all this work pseudoscience. They were saying that, uh, you know, this study was actually done by the Global Consciousness Initiative, this 9-11 study that I'm talking about. Uh, uses this guy by the name of Roger Nelson. Um, and they kind of critique his methods in here. Now, I'm not a scientist, so I don't... I can't evaluate what they're saying or what this guy Roger Nelson did. I'm still looking into it, but you know I, I want to present it to you anyway. Um, and let's see here. There's one more that I wanted to share. So I, I read another article on uh, spirituality is no excuses. WordPress.com. I'll have the links to all this stuff, um, you know, in the service to change feed. But it talked about Greg Braden 9-11, and it talked about, it showed a chart of the satellite data that he pulled and the, the spike, you know, that he referenced 
on 9-11, basically saying this is an anomaly, it happened on 9-11, and uh, what they're showing here is our graphics from other random months in 2011. He said, you know, satellite reading from June 2011 showing an even bigger spike on uh, June 18th, 2011. Uh, I don't know, let's see, and they have a massive spike from uh, November 2007, uh, so you know, I, I don't know if there were any other events. I, I'm doubting that there were any other major events that could, equ you know, be equivalent to 9-11 on those days. Um, does that discredit Greg? Here's the thing. You look at that data and you say, wow, all right, Greg Braden's cherry-picking the data and he's not presenting the whole picture. I don't want to jump to that conclusion, again, because I've seen so much other evidence and personal experience. And I guess maybe I shouldn't get personal with data, but that's driving me here. To, to think that, well, there still is something to this. Now, maybe Greg Braden is on the right track, but the evidence he presented is not a good piece of evidence to pull. Or maybe there's something else going on here. Maybe, excuse me, maybe, the, you know, these other two spikes on here correlate to some other significant event that we don't understand at this point. Maybe it has to do with some kind of electromagnetism that demonstrates the potential for a tragedy. I, I mean, they, they can mean so many different things. So just because other spikes were out there, I don't think necessarily discredits what Greg Braden was saying. And again, I am by no means well read enough in this, especially in this particular subject, to make a strong argument. I'm just keeping an open mind here. Um, I don't want to. I, I don't want to dismiss this because I, I've I've invested a lot into studying this. But again. If the evidence is overwhelmingly, you know, against the things that I've been promoting, I'll, I'll take it on the chin and I'll admit that because I'm in search of truth here. So far, I haven't found anything that makes me say, oh my gosh, everything is wrong because I have other, you know, what I, what I believe is good evidence that I'll present in uh, Food for the Archons. So anyway, take a look at this stuff. Take a look at these charts, uh, you know, and, and brainstorm on it. I don't think it necessarily discredits him, but I, I thought it was fascinating, you know, and I can't find the written documentation of it, but in his talk, he said that uh, in the days building up to 9-11, that energy started to escalate, indicating a possible level of precognition that we knew that this was coming. Um, from what I understand, you look at the quantum world, that makes perfect sense with quantum physics, you know, uh, quantum particles have having precognition as to what's going to happen next we're made up of quantum particles so you you know maybe you might be able to make the jump that we have the potential to kind of see what's going to happen next which would tie us back into intuition and I hope I wasn't too general I hope it wasn't too all over the place um, these are just areas that I think uh, you know tie in correlate and are well worth our time in looking into so uh, I hope I wasn't, like I said, too all over the place with this one. Um, ultimately, when it comes to intuition, you have to draw your own conclusions, but you can't readily dismiss it if you've never done the work to try to really uh, explore it and use your own intuition. So don't be dismissive until you really uh, give it a shot. Like I said, those 10 things that I listed, I do every one of those things in, in the beginning of this article. Read that Huffington Post article. Let that be a starting point. Meditate. Focus on your emotions. Learn to listen to that inner voice, you know, that inner, inner intuitive voice. I, what I started doing was when I'd have an intuitive thought, if it had to do with some type of information, I'd say it out loud to somebody. Hey, I feel X, Y, Z. 
And the reason why I was doing that because it, it kept me it kept me honest and it kept me uh, it allowed me to learn what feelings to trust and what feelings not to trust. Uh, the same thing with auras. I, you know, I see auras from time to time. I've started telling people, I see this aura around you. And I'll either ask, what are you feeling right now so I can learn? Or I say, I suspect it means this. And whatever they tell me, okay, that's information. That's feedback for me so I can learn. So even if I'm wrong, I'm still experiencing something. And I'm trying to understand it better. It's a skill set we've lost. Same thing like learning how to ride a bike. If you don't learn it, if you don't learn those those correct mechanisms, you're never going to be able to do it. So practice, make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. They're your greatest teachers. I try to do that every day. You know, explore whatever my intuition is telling me, and I've learned when to trust it and when not to trust it. Now we do have those times in life when just nothing makes sense. And I don't understand what the cause of that is, uh, but I hope to figure it out. So that's all the time I have uh, you know, for this episode. I, I hope that you found it uh, useful. I hope that, again, you'll check me out on Facebook. I hope you'll read my free ebook, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, just by going to serviceofchange.com. And you'll be subscribed immediately to the secret newsletter. I'm not going to spam your inbox. Uh, you know, I, I'm just, I just want to talk you know, about these shows. You get exclusive content, my thoughts on the shows. You get a weekly newsletter from me. You're going to get access to read I Am Human for free, and you're going to get some great promos coming out once... Uh, excuse me, once Food for the Archons is released. So that's all the time that I have. Again, thank you so much for listening. Check it out on, Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, uh, Instagram, we're everywhere, Twitter. And uh, you know, I, I hope you continue to listen, like, share, and comment on the show. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Service of Change. This has been The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change, never stop questioning, and keep an open mind. Thank you. Seekers.